The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gildas Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Welcome to the show today. Uh, on today's show, we're talking about chemotherapy myths or facts. Uh, this is a program that's presented by Amgen, and it aims to debunk common misconceptions associated with chemotherapy. And the program also encourages patients and caregivers and families to take charge of their cancer journey by speaking openly with their doctors about any issues that they're facing. And we're going to do that on the show today. We know that often people undergoing cancer treatment have a very different experience than what they had perhaps anticipated. This is commonly due to information they've read, maybe hearing about another cancer survivor's experience or maybe media coverage that they've seen. And on today's show, we'll work to give listeners the tools to seek credible information and be empowered in their cancer journey. Our show today is being sponsored in part by Azi, Genentech, Lexus, and Morphotech. We've got a lot to cover today. We'll be looking uh, at an overview of the program, the resources that this uh, chemotherapy mist or facts program provides, and discuss many of the myths and, and, and facts uh, that we see in the cancer community and the cancer conversation. Um, so it's going to be a great show today. I want to introduce our two wonderful guests. Joining us on the show today is Jack. We call him Fast Jack Beckman. He is a professional drag racer in the National Hot Rod Association, where he has won numerous titles, including the 2003 World Championship in the Super Comp category. He currently competes in the Nitro Funny Car Eliminator, where he uh, is the world record holder for speed at 333.66 miles per hour. Tag on. He is also a former sergeant in the U.S. Air Force, and Jack is also a cancer survivor. Welcome to the show, Jack. Great to be here. Thank you, guys. Quite a resume. We are also joined by Laura Jane Hyde, the CEO of our Cancer Support Community Affiliate Gildas Club Chicago, where she has been for the past 15 years. Gildas Club Chicago is one of our many affiliates who are running the Chemotherapy Miss and Facts program. Welcome, Laura Jane. Thank you. Thank you, here. So I'm glad you're both here to join us today. I think it's important to discuss not only um, many of the common myths out there regarding chemotherapy treatment, but also how can one, one can seek out credible information and communicate openly with the healthcare team about concerns and questions and ultimately be empowered through the cancer experience. Um, Jack, I'm going to start with you. I'd love for you to tell our listeners about your 
cancer journey, your cancer experience. When were you diagnosed? What kind of cancer? You know, what was that like for you in your life? Well, you know, you had mentioned in 2003 I won the world championship in the Super Comp Division at NHRA, and, and I actually probably started to get the cancer towards the end of that year, and I'm glad I'm not superstitious because 2012 I won the Funny Car World Championship, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure my health's going to stay good after this one. But I started feeling... Maybe September of 2003, I felt like I had a cold 50% of the time. I'd feel okay for a week, feel run down for a couple of weeks. Uh, Thanksgiving of that year, I'm on vacation. My appendix went out, and I thought, well, that must have been the reason. And unfortunately, that wasn't the reason. And this continued on until February of 2004. So you can imagine four or five months of feeling poor. Mm-hmm. Then they thought I had a kidney stone. And during this time, I'm back and forth with my primary care physician. I have to get a physical for my racing competition license, so they have to do blood work. Nothing turned up that raised any flags for them, except I started having a lot of symptoms. And this drug on until May of 2004. And by that time, I was about doubled over with pain in my kidney area. Finally, I went in for an MRI, and by that time, the cancer had spread from my hip to my neck, so it had become very aggressive. And and Jack, so when you found out it was it was cancer, what was going through your mind? What did you think about cancer at that time? What did you think about cancer treatment? You know, what were what were some of those myths or some of those concerns that you kind of had in your mind at that time? Well, I lost my mom to cancer, and to this day, that's the worst thing I've ever had to endure. Me going through cancer and chemo didn't even compare emotionally to losing my mom to it. Um, But my mom smoked, and my mom didn't take the greatest care of herself. And I'm a car guy. I'm I'm a mechanical guy. So everything to me is typically a cause and effect thing. I worked out five days a week. I never smoked. I hardly ever drank. I took really good care of myself. When they told me cancer, and without going into a lengthy story, I had to go see a backup doctor for the results of my MRI because I was in so much pain I had to make an emergency appointment. The the doctor that had done the test and scheduled an appointment for me to discuss the results had not told me anything yet, but was out of the state. So I'm sitting in this doctor's office. I had just got done with a day of work, and it hurt so bad I could hardly walk at the time. I mean, he could have told me they were going to have to amputate my head, and I would have said, fine, do it, just just stop the pain. Well, he starts reading from the folder the written results of my MRI test, and he's going through, and he says, okay, looks like lymphoma, you're going to have to start chemotherapy, and he read it so matter-of-factly, I had to stop him, and I said, wait a minute, I have cancer, and I mean, at this time, I knew I had tons of symptoms that seems like they all should have been related to one common cause. So it wasn't like I hadn't thought of something like this, but it's one of those times in life where you get that numb feeling that starts at the top of your head and you feel the blood kind of rushing out. Yeah. And yeah. It's almost like a, a, an out-of-body experience on that. Well, then what happens is, okay, you've got cancer. Okay, you've got to start chemotherapy. We're just going to try to get the biopsy diagnosis so we know which regimen of chemo to put you on, and then the floodgates open. All your buddies call you. All these. I went and got a second opinion. Uh, I think one of the best things I did is I, I took one of my closest friends and his wife with me to some of my appointments as advocates for me. I figured they were very objective. They were removed from the emotion enough that they could help me get 
relevant questions answered here. But everybody was telling me my job at that time was as an instructor at a drag racing school and a mechanic there, and then my hobby was racing my own car on the weekend. So people mm-hmm. said, well, you're certainly not going to be able to do that, and um, you're not going to be able to work. And I did have to manage things a lot more carefully during the chemo. I did not go into work on the days that I was a mechanic. Lying on a cold concrete floor may not have been a good idea. But for the (laughs) most part, I was still able to go in on work days, Mm -hmm. and I only missed two races during my chemo. So those things were huge myths that turned out not to be true in my particular case. Wow. I think that's a that's a great perspective um, on you know trying to understand some of the, th- the things that, that folks kind of get in their head about this. Um, Laura, Laura Jane, I know that um, you know there at Gildas Club in Chicago, you've seen so many patients come through uh, that affiliate and, and, and join our affiliate at all different stages of the cancer journey, coming in with a lot of lot of misconceptions about um, you know what they might be experiencing. What are the, some of the things that you do there to help them work through their fears, help them debunk these myths, and 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 get the facts and and uh, and resources that they need to face cancer. Well, the thing that we see is the, the one of the most important things is just recognizing that they they're not going through this alone. I think you know, as as Jack mentioned, when the diagnosis hits, it's you know, it's mind numbing, and to re- recognize that there are others that know what you're going through to be in that community, and also allowing people the opportunity to verbalize what they're going through. I think being able to express their particular experience is so critical. So here at Gildas Club, each new member participates in a customized membership plan. That really is the first time, perhaps, that they've told their story, talk about what's important to them, figure out what is important for them to connect into in terms of the programs that we offer. And it's, you know, really the first part of our mission, which is to empower by knowledge. The action comes by getting involved in different programs. And through the Research and Training Institute at the Cancer Support Community, we have Cancer Support Source, which helps someone work through what their areas of distress are and their fears in relation to what their particular circumstances are. And also an open options program, which again helps them figure out what their particular needs and circumstances are. And I think that's what really helps people work through their fears, recognizing that it's okay to talk about what's important to them. It may not be what they've heard from someone else, but what their experiences is what is most important to them. And then learning from others and and being in a setting where it's okay to talk about the different things that you hear and know that you won't be, you know, laughed at or, or challenged. Everybody's experience is their own. And I think that is a key piece of of how we see people uh, moving through their their fears in order to really come up with their plan of action. And, and Tim, if, if I could add something. Yeah, Jack, please. Yeah, you know, I had always been, I love what Laura Jane had said here, because I went through all those same emotions. And I had always been an extroverted person and a very public person, even before I became a professional drag racer. Um, but when I talked to people about my cancer journey and try to be supportive of what they were going to go through after a diagnosis, I'm only one voice. By partnering with Amgen on the chemo myths or facts, it just became this force multiplier that now we could get this this word this encouragement for them to get current, relevant data on what they can expect and encouraging them to get to their health care providers. Now we can get it out to tens of thousands of people, and that was a big deal for me to be part of something to help clear these misconceptions to a lot of people that were going to go through some of the similar things that I did. So, and Jack, 
if I could just add the fact that, you know, we had both, we had more attorney at the club, having a, a male involved in this program I think is so critical because it, it just helps men recognize that they can talk about this experience as well. And it's not just the need for women to talk, it's the need for men to be able to talk. Yeah, I I, I think what you're saying is, is is absolutely right to show folks that you know that that whatever kind of cancer you have, wherever you are, whether you're male, whether you're female, um, that to connect with folks and 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 really get the support and get the facts that you need um, is great. Jack, I've only got a quick minute till we get to our our um, uh, our, our break here, but um, just just tell our listeners as we get to the break just another word or two about this pro, about this program, chemotherapy, Mr. Facts program, and why this topic is so important to you. Well. You get diagnosed with cancer, you're faced with going through chemotherapy, you're in shock, you're probably not thinking as clearly and logically as you should be, and now's the time when you need to get the best possible information, and it's encouraging these people, sit down with your doctor. I love the idea of taking an advocate in with you, a loved one, a relative, somebody that can help sit through and make sure you get your questions answered here, and take mm-hmm. a list of questions in there. And then the other thing is a lot of people want to research stuff on the internet, which mm-hmm. is an amazing resource. The problem is they're not collated by currency and date, and you don't know how they've been vetted by healthcare mm-hmm. professionals. Mm-hmm. So the chemomisterfacts.com website steers you to specific places where you know you're going to get good data right. that's the latest and greatest out there. That credible information, which is which is absolutely so critical, and I know that we're also very committed at the cancer support community to providing the latest and greatest information, evidence based, um, uh, you know, all of those critical facts that folks need in, in in making these decisions. This is frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking today about chemotherapy myths uh, and facts with uh, Fast Jack Beckman and Laura Jane Hyde. Um, we've got a lot to cover on the show today. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, 
the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Speaking about cancer, today's show is sponsored in part by Amgen, uh, Celgene, and Bristol-Myers Squibb. I'm Kim Tebel, though. Today, I'm joined by Jack Beckman, a professional drag racer and a cancer survivor. I'm also joined by Laura Jane Hyde, the CEO of our cancer support community affiliate, Gildas Club Chicago. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking about the cancer journey, how patients uh, often share with us uh, how they had a different experience to cancer than what they had expected or what they had heard. Um, we know that a lot of factors can, can, can influence this, including, you know, reading uh, false information, reading dated information, uh, hearing uh, others' uh, uh, stories and experiences, seeing media reports on a variety of cancer topics. There's certainly a lot of information swirling, uh, swirling around there, uh, out there about cancer, and uh, I think certainly the Internet can be, incre- can be a great tool, but can also be incredibly overwhelming uh, when, di- when diagnosed with cancer. Our guests are here to help us not only debunk many of the misconceptions, but also enable our listeners to obtain the knowledge that they need to be empowered. Uh, Jack, you've been involved with this project uh, uh, that uh, Amgen is supporting, mentioned earlier, called Mr. Facts. Uh, for folks just joining us on the program, tell, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the project, what it's intended to do. I know folks can go to uh, chemomythsorfacts.com to, to uh, find out some more information and take advantage of some of the information that's out there. But uh, tell folks a little bit more about uh, what they can uh, expect and learn and, and why you got involved with your own, uh, for, based on your own personal experience with cancer. Yeah, it's always interesting when you go into a project or a program or, or some new endeavor how you usually have expectations. You know, you think about what it could be like, and then when you get there, a lot of times it, it meets your expectations. Sometimes it falls short. Sometimes it exceeds them. So let me start from the beginning. I got involved with the, the Chemo Mr. Facts campaign because I thought it gave me an outlet. Um, I don't think I'm a better person for going through cancer. I think I'm a a far more useful person, if that makes sense. I go to a lot of hospitals. I visit a lot of cancer patients. I communicate by phone and email with a lot of them. And for them to have somebody talking to them that's been through this, I think it gives me enough credibility that 
I can get a clearer message through than, say, if it was their spouse or, or just a buddy of theirs that hadn't gone through that. So I think I'm a very useful tool. But again, I'm only one person. Being uh, affiliated with this Chemo Mr. Facts program and with Amgen gives me the ability when I reach out to reach out to a much, much larger audience. And when we started the, the campaign, the central portion of it is to encourage people to go to the website, the chemomythsorfacts.com. But part of it was the video booth that we brought along to several of my NHRA races and let people come in and give testimonials on their personal experience with chemo. And it could have been somebody that had to go through chemo or perhaps their spouse or a loved one or, or a family member could give their ancillary uh, comments about that. And, and the whole idea is when people get diagnosed with this, there's a lot of emotions you go through. I know with me there was a little bit of guilt. I wondered if I did something to bring this on. There yeah. was a little bit of shame. I thought maybe I was the only person on earth that was going through this. And once you start communicating with people that, that have been through something similar, you realize you're not alone and you didn't do anything to bring this on to yourself. And, and that alone helps you feel a lot better and a lot more empowered. Now the idea is to get some good education to give yourself the best chance to get through this in the best possible way. So for me, it was a win-win-win on every area. And the one part that I hadn't thought about when I was imagining this program might be like is how deeply it touched a lot of people that came to these races and went in the video booth. The support staff that worked the booth, a lot of times people would be reluctant to go in because they didn't know what they would do when the camera was on them, but they needed to talk. It was almost like it was therapy for them. And to spend time with these people and to see them tear up, and it wasn't that it was necessarily bringing back terrible memories. It yeah. was something that they needed to share with somebody else to feel like they'd done this the right way. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I know, Jack, we hear a lot of folks come through our doors who who say to us, you know, cancer was a wake-up call to them, or cancer did bring good things into their lives, or, or you know, it made them realize that they wanted to maybe, you know, do things differently and make some different choices or heal, a, you know, a broken relationship or things like that. And cancer, you know, became the impetus for them to, you know, maybe make a turn or an improvement, in, you know, in, in their life. And, and um, we certainly love when folks come through our doors and have the chance to do, you know, that kind of exploration, aside from getting the tools and resources that they need to navigate cancer, there's a whole other layer of sort of discovery, you know, that folks um, experience. Um, you know, Laura Jane, uh, uh, you know, again, obviously you've been there for many years at our Gildas Club in Chicago. So many folks with all different diagnoses and, and, and young and old and all different ethnicities walking through the doors there. What are some of the more common myths that you've heard patients say or, what are, or, or, or patients said, when I got diagnosed with cancer, I expected this to happen, but it wasn't what I uh, you know, what I experienced, you know, what are some of those patterns that you're seeing there? Well, one thing that we hear is that oftentimes people think they're going to respond the same way as others did to treatment, and that is something that is just untrue. There are certain commonalities, but expecting the same response that somebody else has is not a good way to enter into this journey that someone's going into. Um, I think expecting that people that are close to them will remain close and those that are distant will remain distant. Oftentimes the whole dynamic around the individual that's been diagnosed and the family um, changes in surprising ways. And I think a lot of that is reflective of just the fears that we all carry and how sometimes that 
superimposes itself on the relationships that we have. I think that, again, expecting their life to be um, better or worse, it's, it's just a journey full of unknowns. And so one thing that we do see is oftentimes the person, you know, if a person is an information seeker, seeking information is helpful for them. If somebody is a person that likes to communicate with others and talk through their problems, they like to do that. And I think the, the great thing that we see about um, organizations like the Cancer Support Community Affiliate Network is you can come in contact with other people who look at things in the same way that you do. And, and understanding how they've kind of crossed each of these bridges and, and encountered each of these myths and worked through them is extraordinarily helpful. You know, Jack, I think to one of the one of the points that Laura Jane made, I, I remember hearing a patient say to me, you know, Kim, I was I was as surprised who did show up as I was surprised who didn't show up. And I uh, you know, I thought that was a pretty pretty powerful statement and, and uh sometimes some very unexpected folks can you know, can can come along and provide support in, in some ways that you didn't necessarily uh necessarily expect. Did you do you see patients kind of, you know, going through that or does their kind of, you know, circle of support uh you know change through a cancer journey? Great question, and, and you guys had mentioned you know, Mara Turney is involved in the program, and it was nice having me to have a male's perspective because I do think, as a generalization, men might have a slightly different emotional outlook on going through things like this, and I think that communication is absolutely the most powerful tool. It's so interesting to me, just listening to Laura Jane talk on her last answer about myths that people encounter during their journey. I just listened to a couple that I'd never heard before. It's educating to me, and, and I've been involved with this for eight and a half years now and talked to literally hundreds of cancer patients, and I just learned something because we're communicating here. And, yeah, when I had cancer, like I said, I still was able to work most days. Uh, I just didn't want to sit at home on the couch and, and have to stew in the fact that I was going through something like this. And I think as a guy, there was a lot of my guy buddies who didn't show up but called me, and I think it was probably tough for them to face. You know, a couple mm. of the guys I'd go to the gym with three, four, five days a week, and I'm not sure that they wanted to see me in that condition, 25 pounds thinner, but they never abandoned me. We just mm-hmm. talked and supported each other on a different level. Mm-hmm. And then with my friends who were females, they wanted to be there. We'd play board games. We'd, um, you know, a couple of them took me to some of my chemos, and they wanted to have more of an emotional connection and, and do the motherly thing through that. So, yeah. That was interesting how different people responded differently to me being sick. Well, and Jack, I think you made a very interesting point when you said it was harder for you when your mother was diagnosed than when you were. By far. I'm a fix-it guy. And I got cancer, and I thought, okay, what do I need to do? And it's always interesting. I have so many people tell me in the years since my last chemo, man, that was so brave of you. I said, no, no, no. I didn't want to die. And at that point with my cancer, with how pervasive it was, the choice was very, very clear to me. The best chance for long-term survival was to go through the chemo. But I'll tell you what the toughest part of my uh, entire cancer ordeal was, was calling my mother's mother, who had lost her daughter to cancer, Mm. and telling her that now her daughter's son has Mm. cancer. And I tried my best to insulate her. not to deceive her, but I just, at that time, she was 80 years old. 
and she's still alive. And I, I just didn't want her to think that she had a likelihood of losing another uh, descendant there. But I got to tell you, as I started telling her this, all I kept thinking about was my mom and her losing and my grandma losing her daughter, and I got really choked up. That was the toughest part for me, talking about my entire episode with cancer. Yeah, I, boy, that's a that's really an intense moment uh, that you're that you're describing there. And, and uh, Laura Jane, we're quickly up on our break here, but I know folks, you know, coming through our doors, those are the kinds of certainly experiences that uh, that they're sharing. But I've also heard, you know, when it comes to that myths and facts idea, I've always I've also heard people come through our doors and say, um, you know, gosh, I'm so surprised at how how well everyone looks, or I'm so surprised that everyone's laughing in here, or I'm so surprised that, you know, that people think it's going to be a very grim experience. Just take a quick minute, Laura Jane, to comment on that. Well, it's really, I think, the spirit of what we do, and people comment on it when they walk through the door for the first time. It's a, a community of caring and support where all different emotions are acknowledged, and oftentimes when we hear about the laughter and the tears, the laughter is coming from the group of people that are actually diagnosed with cancer, and the tears are coming from the family members because there is such a sense of what do I do, and sometimes having a course of action makes things easiest, but it, it really is remarkable. We do see um, the grace of the human spirit every day when people come together in this community. It's so, it's so true. And, uh, you know, we've got... At the Cancer Support Community, 52 centers around the country, like that center in Chicago, um, providing uh, support, education, nutrition, exercise, stress reduction to people with all cancers, all stage of illness, and to the family members and caregivers of, uh, of those loved ones. If uh, you want to check out our website, it's cancersupportcommunity.org to find a list of all of those sites, including our beautiful clubhouse there in Chicago, which I've had the pleasure of visiting on several occasions. Uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're talking about chemotherapy. Mr. Facts on the show today. Um, don't go away. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. 
The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Cancer, it's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Our show today is sponsored in part by Insight and Lilly Oncology. I'm Kim Tebaldo. Today I'm joined by Jack Beckman, a professional drag racer and a cancer survivor. I'm also joined by Laura Jane Hyde, the CEO of our affiliate in Chicago, Gildas Club Chicago. Today we're talking about the cancer journey and, and how myths about the experience can often lead to patients having a misconstrued outlook on, on the reality. We just uh, spoke with our two amazing guests about some of the many myths that uh, they've seen in their experience of people living with cancer. I want to spend this next segment to talk about how we can empower patients and their loved ones to gain the, fa- the, gain the facts, gain the information, gain the tools that they need to navigate uh, uh, the cancer journey. Uh, Jack, you know, in thinking back to when you were a patient, when you were diagnosed, seeking information, um, what are some of the ways that work best for you in terms of getting what you needed, getting the information? How did you learn which resources were credible uh, and helpful? And, you know, what was, you know, sort of your path in getting the answers that you needed and making a plan? Wow. Great question, and let me see if I can make sense with this. Um, when you're diagnosed with cancer and you're, you're going to face chemo, this is a time when it's so important to educate yourself. So, so thinking of this like research, my wife is brilliant at going on the Internet and getting an answer for anything that she needs an answer for. She may not know it off the top of her head, but she knows how to research and get relevant data. I'm kind of a word-of-mouth guy. I'll call some buddies, get their opinions on something. Let's say you wanted to hire a roofer. My wife's going to research it one way. I'm going to research it a different way. The problem with being a word-of-mouth person is everybody has an opinion. You can ask your friends about any topic on the planet, and they're going to have an opinion. It's very seldom that someone says, you know, Jack, I don't really know if I've got a good relevant answer for you. Why don't you ask somebody else? 
People just want to help. But the problem is when you're going to go through chemo, a lot of your buddies' opinions and those anecdotes that they'll tell you, well, I've got a cousin, and their friend told them that this is what they went through. Uh, that is not what you need to empower yourself to go through your own journey. What you need is what works for you. Yeah. So I guess we circle back on this whole thing. This is this whole chemo myths or facts campaign. We're trying to tell people, stop asking your, for your buddy's opinions. They mean well. But what you need to do is sit down personally, face-to-face with your health care provider. Take a list of questions in there. Uh, get a second opinion. If you're not entirely clear on what they've told you, call another doctor, schedule an appointment, go in for a second opinion. Oftentimes, doctors can tell you the same thing but in two different ways, and hearing it from a second opinion doctor might stick better in your mind if they have a more effective way to communicate. Get on the Chemo Myths or Facts website. This is specifically the type of research that you need to do to help out your own chemo cause there. So don't be the word of mouth guy when it comes to something that's this important to, to, to affect your life. I I think that's great. I think that's great advice. Really, that 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 uh, fa- that facts piece, um, and and you know, Laura Jane, I think that one of the interesting parts about our our support model at Cancer Support Community is that um, all of our programs, support groups, are run by trained, licensed professionals, and I think that that certainly within the context of our model certainly helps to cut down on a lot of the uh, a lot of the misconceptions that you know that are out there. Where folks just maybe being alone on a you know, uh, you know, reading the internet or, um, or just, you know, kind of talking to folks on the block um, about this stuff. Certainly our, um, our folks who are running those groups and programs are going to make sure that um, folks have the facts right. And if not, let's figure out where we go, um, uh, you know, to get the facts right. But what, what, other, what other resources do you recommend, Laura Jane, to, um, to uh, our, our, uh, our members? Um, I just, you know, we talked a little bit about open to options. I want to dive in on that program um, a little bit more and maybe some other resources that, uh, uh, and, and guidance that you give our members when they're trying to seek out those facts and the right information? Sure. I think Open to Options is an outstanding program in terms of just helping somebody think through that first appointment, what's important to them, what factors they need to make their health care provider aware of when they go in to talk about their treatment options. And I think that Jack really touched on a key piece in terms of the healthcare provider. Um, that healthcare team is so important to that person's treatment course, not just in terms of the science of it, but how they feel about their course of action. And so we always encourage our members and anyone that calls us for information to A, make sure that they're entirely comfortable with their oncologist, with their healthcare team, that they think through what those questions are, that if they ask for information and they see any kind of you know, reluctance to engage around the topics that are important to them, that they seek a second opinion. I think the resources behind um, our Frankly Speaking lecture series, um, that provides a lot of really, again, research based, credible information that people can then take with them to their appointments. Um, I think, you know, again, in in terms of what we do in Chicago and the format and the program that we have through Cancer Support Community, 
any time that we have, you know, a top physician coming in to lecture, it's an opportunity to spend time with, with a doctor in a question and answer session, unlike what anybody gets during their, their time allotted for their medical appointment. And, you know, Kim, to get back to your point, having groups facilitated by licensed mental health professionals, that helps bridge the relationship with the medical community because, you know, we've always heard at different points when a physician hears about what we do, oh, the patients are talking, they've got to be, you know, bashing the medical establishment, and it couldn't be further from the truth in terms of what happens in communities like ours, because people don't want to share misinformation, and they really don't want to share this. They want to share the most salient facts so that someone can avoid whatever problems they may have encountered. Yeah, you know, the um, uh, Laura Jane, I think that that Open to Options program is, is um, uh, you know, it's a great program. I know we have been offering that. It's a, it's a treatment decision counseling program, really, if a patient's struggling between treatment A or treatment B or maybe trying to decide whether they want to participate in a trial, clinical trial, or other, you know, choices that they're facing. We were providing that counseling at some of our sites around the country, but through a grant from the MGen Foundation, we're now able to provide that to anybody who wants it um, through our helpline, and we've got a bunch of folks trained in this Open to Options program. So if you're facing a, a you know, a difficult choice um, and you really want to talk to somebody, it's a great, we've got actually a wonderful model. We've got these trained um, decision counselors who can get on the phone with you and who can basically walk you through what, what's important to you in your life. What, you know, we always say there's no right choice, there's a right choice for you in your life and in the context of your life. And we've got this great uh, uh, program to help folks uh, with that. I'll just mention our phone number if folks have a pen and want to write down the, uh, the helpline. It's 888 888- uh, 793-9355. And uh, the other thing I want to mention, speaking of sort of credible credible sources, we're also involved in another wonderful campaign called Breakaway from Cancer. And um, it's a cancer support community is partnering up with, um, uh, there are three other organizations involved in that uh, initiative, Prevent Cancer Foundation, uh, National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship, and the Patient Advocate Foundation, and of course the cancer support community. And if you go to that Breakaway from Cancer website, um, whether you're looking for information on prevention, you're looking for help with financial resources, you're looking for our treatment counseling program, you're looking for uh, uh, issues in survivorship, that's a great and very credible and reliable source of information to help with a whole host of free resources for patients and families. So um, I just want to make mention to that wonderful partnership as well um, and to that uh, Breakaway from Cancer um, uh, uh, website. Um, but but uh, Jack, as we, we've got a couple minutes until our break here, but other uh, other thoughts, other, I know that that I know that the website is chemo uh, misserfacts.com, and there are some great tools, some question sheets I know that folks can download there that they can take into their doctor um, uh, around, you know, what are, the goal, what are the goals of my treatment and therapy? What are some of the side effects that I might anticipate? How long is my treatment going to take? How often do I have to come in? Is it paid for by my insurance? All of those kinds of questions, and that website gives folks some great um, uh, great information. Um, but, but, Jack, just as we go to the break, what, what are the resources, what are the tools that are out there for folks who really aren't sure what to anticipate when they're diagnosed with cancer? I think that's probably the best place to start with the chemo mister facts because sometimes you're so overwhelmed, you don't even know what questions to ask. Sometimes you just need to get a direction to know 
that you have some questions on things like that. That's a great way to start. I hope that folks that listen to this show have the ability to get it as a repeat at some point. I think that you guys have talked about so many relevant points that some of this needs to be re-listened to. Laura Jane said something that I thought was absolutely poignant. She, she said it is so important that you are comfortable with your health care provider. Now, with my insurance, I had to go through a specific health care plan. I was not comfortable with my first oncologist. I switched oncologists. They let me do that. I also was able to go for a second opinion in a different healthcare network. And though that doctor was not the one that ultimately treated me, I liked his ability to communicate the, the milestones that I was going through in my chemo and my expectations. And he did such an effective job with that that I felt more comfortable having him relay those points to me. So I went through my treatment with one healthcare network, went over for my second opinion to keep myself more comfortable that I was up to speed on everything that they were doing for me. Everything that you two have spoken about here is the best place for anybody that has any questions to get started. And remember, we're not just talking to people who are facing going through chemo. If you have a friend or a loved one or a relative that's facing that, perfect place to start. Go on the website. Go to chemomisterfacts.com and get started researching this stuff. You, you know, Jack, I imagine that, um, you know, a lot of folks are, uh, uh, you know, kind of out there wondering about, like you said, you know, why did I, why did I, uh, why did I get cancer? Or, you know, if they've had other family members who've had cancer, you mentioned your mom had cancer. I think, it, you know, it also really is important to be really open with your doctor about those kinds of things, to mention to your doctor any family, uh, any family history of cancer so they can, they can detect if there's any, you know, any kind of link there, and that might inform how others in the family might need to get tested. It's also important to um, be fully open with your uh, doctor about anything else that you're doing to try to manage your cancer. I mean, if you're uh, taking vitamins, if you're taking supplements, if there's anything else that you're doing um, around, around uh, managing your cancer, it's important that you're transparent uh, with your doctor about that because sometimes those things can actually interfere or interact with your, um, uh, uh, with your treatment. We're coming on our break here. This is frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking about myths and facts in cancer, myths and facts around chemotherapy and treatment. We're going to take a quick break. Please don't go away. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts, and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and ten meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. 
Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Frankly Speaking About Cancer, brought to you in part today with support from Onyx Pharmaceuticals and Millennium. I'm Kim Tebaldo, and today I'm joined on the show by Jack Beckman, a professional drag racer and a cancer survivor. I'm also joined by Laura Jane Hyde, the CEO of our affiliate in Chicago, Gilda's Club. Today uh, we have been discussing uh, the disconnect between what many patients uh, anticipate with their treatment, with their cancer experience, and uh, and and what the reality is, and and uh, you know how do we um, how do we help folks understand some of those myths? How do they get the facts and get empowered? We've learned uh, you know from our guests many of the common myths that are out there, as well as ways for patients to become empowered through credible facts and uh, information and resources. In this uh, final segment, um, and we're starting to run low on time, I, I want to talk about next steps for, for our listeners uh, today on the show. Laura Jane, we're certainly hoping after the show today that patients and families listening will feel empowered. What's your advice for, you know, how they can make sense of it all? You know, as Jack said, it's incredibly overwhelming being di- diagnosed with cancer. You don't know where to turn. Um, what's the best ways, uh, some of the best ways for listeners to get the information and advice that they need from their healthcare team and to find the other support and resources that exist out there in the community? Well, I would start by going on the uh, Cancer Support Community website and first seeing if there is an affiliate organization located nearby. Um, certainly, we have a number of hotlines for people to call. I think it, it really, though, even before that, it's it's taking a step back to really figure out where someone's at because we probably will have people listening at all different points along their journey. And if somebody has concerns that perhaps they can address in advance um, of deciding their course of treatment, then I think making sure that they have all the facts and questions that they want to bring to their health care team is important. If it's someone hearing something that came up, it didn't come up for them, but they'd still like to address, it's never too late to ask a question of your health care team, no matter what point you are in the journey. And if you're a caregiver, 
understanding that, you know, you play a central role and also recognizing that you're going to have concerns that are equally as valid as well. I think, you know, again, everybody that comes to our affiliate organizations is the person that they were before the diagnosis, and so they just need to be able to kind of take a step back and clear their minds and figure out where they're at in their their journey and then just proceed in order to get the best advice and counsel they can get. And Cancer Support Community is a great resource for that. And I know that um, we talked about how therapeutic it can be for some folks to share their experience with others and and, uh, lots of ways that folks can do that. Um, uh, You can share your experience on our Cancer Support Community website. You can share your experience through the chemo uh, um, Mr. Facts. You can share your story through the Breakaway from Cancer site, certainly uh, connecting into any of our 52 affiliates around the country to to, uh, get connected there if you, you know, if you'd like to find some of those face-to-face services and uh, join a support group, join our educational programs, nutrition, many of the other programs that that we offer, lots of ways to share your story and share your experience so that others can can benefit and learn uh, learn from what you've been through. Um, Jack, I I know that you're you're a number of years past past, uh, treatment now, but but what do you do today to keep yourself healthy, to keep yourself informed, uh, to, to, to monitor and take care of your health today? Well, because I am in the public eye and because I get solicited a lot to speak with people that are facing this, um, to stay up to speed, you know, I go on the Chemo Myths or Facts website, and it's funny, as we're talking, I just typed in the Cancer Sports Center website, and it pops up, and, and the first thing I see here, it says, I've just been diagnosed. Where do I go from here? These are the things that are so important to get the message out to people so that they can start getting the right answers. You know, cancer is generally thought of as a physical ailment, and unless you've been involved, whether you've had cancer or somebody close to you has, you don't realize what a large component the emotional end of it is. And I think if I had to to impart a message to people, you're not alone. And that's the emotional part of cancer that makes it incredibly difficult. There's been thousands before you, and unfortunately, there's going to be thousands after you that are going to go through something similar. You're not in this alone. That's why all these support centers, that's why this Chemo Mr. Facts campaign was created, to let people know that there's a whole bunch of us who care, who can help get you some good answers, who can steer you in the right direction. Um, The other thing you asked me, how do I stay how do I stay informed? There's a big part of me that doesn't want to maintain a connection to cancer because it's kind of that shadow lurking behind me. But I also recognize, and I said it earlier, I'm a very useful tool to people. So I have to kind of try to compartmentalize. My personal experiences with cancer, I have to try to kind of stick that in a different room so that that emotional side doesn't flare up with me. But my helpful side, my my um, ability to communicate with others and offer some comfort and direction, that's the part that I try to focus on. Well, I think that's um, some great information that you're sharing, Jack, for our listeners. Um, we are uh, very quickly approaching the end of our show here. I just want to ask each of you quickly just a, a, a parting word or two for our listeners, a, a tip, a piece of advice. Um, I'm going to start with you, uh, uh, Laura Jane. Folks just diagnosed today or folks dealing with cancer um, right now, just a, a couple of words of advice. 
Well, what we always hear is that people wish that they would have gotten involved in some type of a support community earlier rather than later. And so what I always say when I'm talking with healthcare professionals is, is it reasonable to think that when someone's diagnosed with cancer, they will see an increased level of stress? And, of course, the answer is always yes. It's, it's ridiculous to think that there wouldn't be some kind of an impact. So support is, means different things to different people, but knowledge is a form of support. So seek some type of support. You don't have to go through this mm-hmm. alone. Great. Jack, some parting words for our, uh, for our audience today. Yeah, go back and listen to this show twice. You know, there is somebody out there, there's somebody listening to our voices right now that doesn't necessarily understand the relevance of what they're listening to. And that's the person who's going to get a phone call three days from now saying, your brother, your mother, your father, your friend, your cousin just got diagnosed. Oh, my God, the family's devastated. We don't know what to do. Love you. Bye. You have got to make that connection to what you just heard on this show. You can be that facilitator for somebody and say, listen, I know where we can start on this. Go on the Cancer Support Center. Go on chemomythsorfacts.com. Let's start getting some notes together and get you pointed in the right direction. Somebody listening to my voice right now is going to help themselves or somebody else out because they listen to this program. That's a, a great point that you're making, Jack. And, and uh, you know, we do this show every week, and uh, folks can download the show. They can listen to it on our site. They can download it as a podcast uh, if they go to cancersupportcommunity.org. Um, this is our 124th episode of Frankly Speaking About Cancer. So a lot of good information uh, up on the website. Download it. You can listen, it, listen to it in your, uh, in your car or you know, on the subway on the way to work. Um, so we encourage you to do that. Um, I, I want to thank uh, both of you, uh, Jack Beckman, Fast Jack Beckman, and Laura Jane Hyde for joining me on the show today. Um, a lot of great knowledge and wisdom that you've imparted to our listeners. I enjoyed having you. I think we shared a lot of useful tips today for uh, all people impacted by cancer. Good tips, ways for folks to stay informed, empowered, uh, and get the information that they need to face cancer. Um, we mentioned a couple programs on the show today, our Open to Options program. Uh, frankly speaking about cancer as a whole educational series um, for folks. We've got a great program about cancer treatment and managing uh, symptoms and side effects. Visit our website at cancersupportcommunity.org um, to find one of our centers uh, in your community, uh, or you can call us at 888-793-9355 to speak to um, a licensed counselor on our helpline. If you um, are uh, having some challenges, looking for some resources, you want to talk to somebody about perhaps the decision that you're struggling with in your cancer experience, uh, we've got a great team that's trained and ready uh, and, and, and ready to help you. Uh, last year, we provided over $42 million in free services to people with all cancers at all stage of illness and for their family members and loved ones. So we encourage you to visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org or give us a call at 888-793-9355. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. support